0: I
1: you. It's in order
0: to shoot him and... It was Mr.
2: McGraw that done it. Yeah, but Mr. McGraw okay. It was him okay. Yeah, it was him okay. Yeah, Mr. McGraw done it. Daddy didn't have no gun on him, so I can't see no fair reason for Mr. McGraw shooting him. So he said he
3: swung it in with a beer bottle. So it was self-defense, you see? So he was self-defense, you see?
2: I can't see no fair reason for Mr. McGraw shooting my daddy. Daddy didn't have no gun on him. Well, I thought said was that verse. Daddy didn't... Well, I mean, he's taking a turn Mr. McFarland. They all said? Who all said? Who's they? Who's he's they? 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 Who said, huh? Huh? Well, I heard you. Daddy didn't have no gun on him. If Daddy hadn't had a gun, it would have been different. But it ain't self-defense when a gun shoots down a man that don't have none. Well, see, here, Burge, you see. Old Stone, swung
0: at Mr. McGraw with
2: this here beer bottle. And... He swung at Mr. McGraw with a beer bottle, you say?
0: Sure you did,
1: Burge. Well, well I it don't know what No,
2: reckon you he was self-defense right enough, Burge. You can I want to ask you something, Fred. I want to ask you something. Sure, Burge, sure. You ever seen a beer bottle fired well? You see, Burge,
3: what have you seen?
2: I said, Fred, you ever seen a beer bottle fire bullet? <laughs> kill, kill. Is this a joke, Verge? No, it, it's not a joke, Fred. I guess I can answer it for you, though. Bottles don't fire bullets,
3: you see. So... That's right, Birch. So
2: a... that means it was murder.
3: How, how can it be murder, Verge? Seems to me like it was self
2: It was murder, Fred, on account of the fact that my daddy only had a bottle. Mm-hmm. Bottles break head, but... They don't go through a man taking out his innards and killing him flat dead and cold like an old creek stone. Bullets do that. And Mr. McGraw done murdered my daddy. That's Don't harry me, Willis. And so it weren't self-defense at all. It weren't self-defense because cause my daddy didn't have no gun on him. So I can't see no fair reason for Mr. McGraw shooting it. Bud, don't take it so hard. Like it's not Mr. McGraw was drunk. He was your daddy, too. Your blood and kin. You shuckless rat. Don't talk about that, Bud. If there was something to be done, well, I'd be for it but the rain. Yes, there is. There is something to be done. And I'm fixing on doing it. What? Kill Mr. McGraw? Kill me... Bud, you must be crazy. And Mr. McGraw's is the biggest man in the whole state of West Virginia. Oh, why? Why, don't you even Senator marches in myself sitting and drink seven-dollar whiskey with Mr. McGaw in the Stonewall Jackson lobby every time he comes to town? Don't every policeman in town hippie-town Mr. McGaw walks by? That don't matter a bit. I'll find a way. It may take me a little time, but
3: I'll find a way to do it. And that, you see, was all Virg like and date or drank or breathed or dreamed about from that night on. One night after supper, when the brothers were alone and might spoken spoken to an hour, Willard felt suddenly as if the insufferable violence of Virgil's obsession had secretly turned on him.
2: Blast it! Blast it all! Why don't you get it over with? Why don't you hide out along the fence by the airport inn some night and shoot him in the back? He comes to you all the time with that black-haired Mary from Baltimore Street. Why don't you hide out along the fence? No, Willard. I want Mr. McGraw to see my face when I kill him. If I'd taken and shot him in the dark, that way he'd never know it was me that done it. And when I do it, I want Mr. McGraw to look at my face a good, long while and knows who it is. And I want to be sure the killing takes a slow, long time.
3: Rush Sigethus was shaving Riley McGrath in his number one chair when Willard found him next morning. Willard was shaking so badly he was afraid he wouldn't be able to make the speech he'd lain awake all night considering. Mr. McGrath? Mr. McGrath? Mm.
1: Yes, son. Thank you, Rush, thank you. You can always shave a man very well. Oh, good, Mr. McGraw. I'm a man who likes to be shaved well, and you're a man who does that job. Thank you, Mr. McGraw. Thank you. In well, three weeks time, as usual? Of course, Mr. McGraw, naturally, sir. Of
2: course. Yeah. What is it, son? Mr. McGraw, I, I sure would be glad if I-, I could talk to you for a little while. J- just for a little while.
1: Oh, certainly, my boy. Come along across the street in my office. Have a pipe in half an hour with Judge Bean, but I can't give you a moment of my time man should never go too important to keep in touch with the people of his own time, hmm? mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I always say. Yes, sir. What do you always say, boy? Huh? Huh?
2: What do you say? <coughs> Well, boy. It's about my brother Virg. You see, Mr. McGar, our batter was Stoney Likens.
1: That matter was settled during the last term at Judge Bean's court. Your father attacked me, son. I shot him in self-defense that night. Nobody regretted the incident more than I did. It's my brother Verge.
2: I just don't want nothing to happen to my brother Verge,
3: Mr. McGar.
1: He's all I got left now. Nothing need happen to your brother, son.
2: Something <clears> that Birch uh, uh, claims he's fixing to kill you, Mr. McGar.
1: That's a very foolish idea for your brother to entertain. Very foolish, son. I know, sir. You just but... tell him to clear his mind of thoughts like that. I try. Try again, son. He's stubborn. Stubbornness can hurt the wrong person. Oh, Mr. McGrath. Your brother. You see, I'm talking about your brother because oh, he, Mr. McGrath, I Because thought... you see he's entertaining a very foolish and dangerous idea. Dangerous for himself, you understand? Yeah, I thought,
2: Mr. McGrath... What I thought was this, if, if maybe he was to send for him and talk to and him... Send for
1: him? For your brother? The
2: village. Sure, Mr. McGrath. If, if he was to send for him and talk to him... He... If maybe he was to maybe explain to Birch how it was that right? Uh, how it wasn't self-defense and
1: everything. Well, it might help, Mr. be Indeed, goodness, I don't want anything to happen to Birch. Nothing will happen to your brother. Oh, oh thanks, Mr. McCall. So McHugh. long as he behaves himself in this time. Yes, yeah, yeah, Mr. McCall. I understand, however, that the death of your father may have brought about certain expenses. I've thought about it often. But now I'm going to do something. You hear me? Yes, sir, Mr. McIntyre. I'm going to do something. I don't feel I'm obliged to do this, but if it will spread oil on trouble waters well...
2: Now, that's what I call a fool trick, Willard. If a virtue. Yeah, no, there's sure no other way of looking at it at all. It's a fool trick, Willard. But it don't change nothing. There's nothing he can do about it, neither. Or you. It don't change nothing. There ain't nothing you can do about Mr. McGraw getting killed. And there's nothing he can do about it, neither. There's. Nothing any mortal in Tigers County or the whole state of West Virginia can do about it. Open it and see. You bought me something, Willard? No, I I, I never a it. Oh, heck, open it and see, will you? Oh, what's this, Willard? It's money, bud. Yeah, I can see it's money, Willard. I, I can see that. It looks a lot of money, too. It's uh, $500, bud. Why, you know what? Huh? You're right, Willard. There is $500 here. Pretty envelope, too. Oh, smells real good. I got that money from Mr. McGraw, Virge. That's money? Yeah. Uh, why? I mean, why'd he He said you... poor oil on the, in the tr- troubled water, uh, Poor oil on troubled waters. Poor oil on troubled water. Mr. McGraw said that. Mr. McGraw did. Yeah. Uh, he, he said we must have had a lot of expenses with Daddy Down like that. And... Well, he ought to know, seeing he murdered Daddy. Yeah. Ah, uh, there you go again, Verge. Well, self-defense. Everybody said so. Fred Starcher said so. Fred's a fool. Sheriff Reynolds said it was self-defense. Sheriff Reynolds is scared of losing his job. Why, everybody said so. Count North Blona, he went Al's right. a liar and a horse A moonwalker, Bill Stainer, Walt Laker, And everybody said Mr. McGraw killed Daddy in self-defense because Daddy went for him with this here beer bottle. Moonwalker's a drunkard, and therefore his testimony can't be relied on. Bill Stainer's mind went years ago. He ain't reliable at all. Walt Laker hated Daddy in the old house. But $500, she so. got a new Virgin. I mean... You got this rat. You hear me? A gutless rat. But I... Daddy didn't have no gun, so I can't see no fair reason for Mr. McGraw shooting him. But Daddy's gone, Virge. Well, what can we do now? I've already told you, Willard, what I'm gonna do. You know something? Huh? This makes things a sight easier. Huh? $500. It saves a lot of time and a lot of fuss. It'll bring that day that much closer. I hope you thanked Mr. McGraw, Willard. But I... I don't recollect like this, I but... hope you did... That's
3: certainly real nice of Mr. McGraw to do that, Willard. All that night, Willard listened to Verge moving restlessly about the house. And when Dawn stood suddenly white against the windows, he started from a troubled dream and saw his brother by the bed, dressed in his one single cheap mail-order suit and his good white shirt. Reggie's face was as batter as ever.
2: Where are you going to, bud? I'm catching the morning bus to Charlestown. I'll be gone a good while, I reckon. Bye, Willard. Where? Charlestown. I'm going to school. School? You can't go to school, Verge. Why can't I? The school costs money in. Verge! You gotta... I'm going to school with that money from Mr. McGraw. School? Well, that's real fine, bud. Buddy can't do with too much learning. That's for certain. I'm pleased, but I really am. Yeah, well, what, what kind of school? Uh, well, what kind of school are you going to? The kind of school where I can learn to kill Mr. McGraw. The right way. Slow. So he'll have to look at my face a good long while and know it's coming. And there'll not be any way for him to get at that big blue pistol ahead. Uh, uh when I... Uh, when, uh, when I... I don't know when I'll be back. Be sure and take good care of the place, will it?
3: That was all there was to it. Willard had crept naked and shivering to the dusty window and watched his brother's thin, unforgiving shape fade into the mist, moving as inexorably as the piston of some machine. Willard worked on alone his job at the box factory in time. Lonely months followed. He needed his brother's companionship. He moved uneasily about wanting Virge to come back and yet dreading the day when this might happen. He would start up in the dark, sweating. He'd crawl with panic and feel he just had to run to Riley McGraw's place and check that he was all right. And to tell him to leave town and never return because he knew his brother, Bird, would never forget. And would do what he planned to do. To the letter. School? To learn to kill Mr. McGraw? He can't learn to kill at school. Well, what kind of school would that be Now like? I don't understand. I don't understand at all. Riley McGraw, of course, had never so much as laid eyes on Bird like Anyway, Riley McGraw had a lot of things to think about on account of the fact that he was the biggest man in the whole of Tigers County. Whole of West Virginia, can you that? He's the
2: biggest man in the whole country, could be. Why, well, he even might become a senator. Why not? Might even
3: make president. Who knows? You can't go to school and earn a kill. Burge is talking nonsense, I reckon. Naturally, McGraw forgot all about the interview of giving Willard likings. As time went by, and six months began a year, and a year melted into eighteen months. As time passed, Willard himself began to forget that the murder, Verge, and McGraw himself, had ever existed. In all the twenty months that Verge was away, Willard only received one penny postcard from him, two weeks after the morning he had left. There was no message on it at all. A penny postcard from a drugstore with a picture of Kanaha County Courthouse, coloured with the cheap, naive innocence of flowers at a country funeral, and yet somehow, in itself, as obsessed and malevolent, of George Africans. This would be Virgil's way of saying he'd arrived.
0: Well, darn it. Worth it, ain't it? It's a free drink. It ain't every day a man gets to be a senator. Senator I'm a cry. Hey, you know, I remember when he worked for a newspaper. Why, well, I had more money needed. In them days, he ain't got more money in him now. <laughs> so darn clever and all. Oh, he was lucky. Well, boy, now I got a senator I'm my customer Oh, come yes. on now, Rush. He ain't going to be satisfied with you shaving him now. Sure he is. He sure is. Why now. Huh? Mr. McGrath's going to for sure get himself a barber all his very own. Oh, he wouldn't do a thing like that. Three cheers for Senator McGraw. Yes. Yeah, he done told me. He said, Rush, he said, things is still going to stay the same. A man should never grow too important to keep in touch with the people of his hometown. That's that goes for shaving too, yes, sir. Yeah, three cheers for Senator McGraw. Three houses for factory workers. And up crying on the streets. Yes, sir. Yeah, well, I knew the man when he was a little too bitten up. Oh, you know, I knew his mother. I knew his grandmother, at least way he told
3: me about her. Are you going to charge him any more now, Bert? <laughs> of course, Riley McGuire dismissed the whole memory of Stony Likens from his mind. In fact, during those first days when he was a senator, during the time he was actually in Tigers County and not up there in Washington, during those early days, if somebody had gone up to him and said. Verge Likens' father's name, or even Verge Likens himself, Senator McGrath would not have blinked an eyelid. He wouldn't have remembered a thing. Come to that, if stony lichens, risen fresh from a moldering grave, had tapped McGrath on the shoulder and asked for a light, the Senator would have given him one, passed on without paying any more attention. No, McGrath had never really been frightened. He was too big. But, you know, big men fall hard.
0: You always win. You you always win. You, you conjure me. And you're strong. Who's that? He's strong, that North. Oh, yeah. Strong. It's all that shaving. <laughs> it's of the arm muscles. Hey, you, remember hey, right. dear. Where's that new servant of yours? Yes. That North like it, sure enough. I'll give your new man a go. Holy oh, Rush. Why, oh, Senator, well. I didn't know you well. was in town. Oh, well, just
1: the usual, Rush. Right? How's Nevada? And the kids?
0: Oh, then, fine, just fine. Now, you sit down, Senator. Yeah. I guess you'll be in a high race.
1: Or... Oh, oh, yes, sir. I have to travel to Boston this afternoon at 3.33 p.m. Oh, yes, sir. I the world
0: That's when you're right. I've never been a Boston. Uh, I've never been a Boston. I have. Yeah, well, don't you go bragging about it. Boston ain't everything. Well, so long, Ross. So long, uh, Senator, sir. Yeah, Bye, right, Senator McGrath. You're you're doing a fine job. Yeah, keep well, I boy. Keep well, keep see well. Yeah, keep well. hmm <laughs> Uh. Now, you make yourself comfortable, real comfortable, sir, I'll be right with you. I just want to see yeah. make sure that you... yeah. Hey,
1: Tony, get him in the chair, Senator McGraw. I always shave it myself. So the wife's real fine, huh, Rush? <laughs> and the kids are coming along good, huh? <laughs>
2: Who are you? I'm uh, Mr. Sigipoose's new bomber, Mr. Senator.
0: Sir. Well,
2: there we are now. I... Hey, Tony, I'll... Don't share. come a foot closer, Mr. Sigipoose. For if you do, I'll cut Mr. McGraw clean to the neck
1: bone.
3: So Rush sat down, shaking himself to his stomach, and watched them there for maybe an hour. He listened and tried to make out what it was that Verge Larkins was saying to Riley McGrath. Because that was the worst part of all. Verge taking the pains to shave Riley and then telling him who he was. And talking to him all that terrible time with the cold, honed, sheffield blade, pressed, taut against the fat folds of Riley's throat. taking all the time in the world to kill a man. And all the while talking to him in that flat, crooning whisper. Rush watched them in the mirror like figures in some monstrous waxworks pantomime. Riley McGraw, his head strained back in the headrest as far as it would go, his face purple and livid by turns, and his mouth shaping idiot sounds that Rush could not hear. Did not want to. Rush saw everything in the mirror.
2: I want Mr. McGraw to see my face when I kill him. I want Mr. McGraw to
3: look at my face a good long while and know who it is. Rush Sigifilce told the story many hundreds of times during the years that followed. And he always wound up telling it in the same way. He'd say about Verge going to a barber college down in the capital city for almost 20 months on that 500 dollar.
0: Just to know dollars to kill a man. He came back to Tiger's County and took a cheap Roman hotel by the depot. Yes, sir. I never recognized him. No, sir. He came by every morning and pestered me for a job.
1: I hired him the morning of it happened. I never
0: learned from Adam. That was the holy irony of it. You know something? Verge Lackens was the darndest natural-born barber I ever saw. Because because when Doc Brady came down from the courthouse that morning and looked at McGraw's body, he said there wasn't so much as a mark on his throat. Not so much as a single scratch. Ain't that right, Verge? That's right, I
2: guess. Not a single mark. Rush, you want to actually shade this one, or will you?
3: Midnight is presented every Friday night at half past nine by Biotech, the new soak and pre-wash powder.